0: I used to have a crush on Mark Harmon, and so I was delighted to read something good about him. He's an actor, and um, he probably still is, but he was, uh, he was in an interview with someone, and he was reticent about his acting um, in St. Elsewhere, in Chicago Hope, but there was an incident that he was asked about that he spoke about passionately. At one point, there was a, a time when a 16-year-old boy's car had slammed into a wall near Harmon's home in, near L.A., and his wife, they heard the sound, his wife ran out and found that the, a car had flipped, and its tires were on fire, and she yelled, Mark, get a sledgehammer, someone's inside. And there were other people standing at the scene, but they didn't do anything, um, the flames were growing, the gasoline was flowing, and the, there was a bloody teenager upside down in his seatbelt. And he got that sledgehammer and broke into the car and freed the boy and smothered him, smothered the flames off of him with his body. And not many seconds later, the car exploded. And it said that the If Harmon had taken just seconds longer, both he and and the boy would have died. And I, I think about rescue, and I think about salvation, and how lucky this boy was that someone stepped up to the plate to save him in this instance. Isaiah tells us of someone who was offered help but refused it. Ahaz was the king of Judah, and as background, there were originally the 12 tribes of Israel that inhabited the promised land, but they divided in the 8th century before Christ into the northern kingdom with 10 tribes in the north, and then the southern kingdom with Benjamin and Judah in the south, and so King Ahaz was king of Judah, and the northern kingdom was then squeezing down upon him and his country Isaiah presents for us a three-way conversation between Ahaz and God and himself, Isaiah. Ahaz is heading in the wrong direction, and so God offers to help King Ahaz. And in this conversation, God says, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. Let it be anything. Just ask a sign, and I will give it to you is, is my interpretation. You know what wouldn't we love that? I know several of us have expressed the longing that if God could give signs so easily in the stories in the Old Testament, like Moses at the burning bush, well then why doesn't God do that for us? Have you ever felt stuck and wished for a sign to guide you into that next direction? I think about college seniors wondering which way to go next, single men and women seeking a sign to know whether their current partner complements them enough to make a lifetime commitment. As we age, we may wish for a sign to direct us toward a retirement home or a specialist or a volunteer opportunity. Woody Allen said, if only God would give me some clear sign, like making a large deposit in my name in a Swiss bank. King Ahaz was offered the chance to name a sign to prove God's willingness and ability to help and to save, but Ahaz refused it. He said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. So imagine that we're an interactive audience and this three-way conversation is taking place up on the stage and out in the audience we're saying, "Hey, has no, no, don't do it. Don't say that. Ask for a sign. Put the Lord to the test. You have this opportunity. You're going to regret this. And at the same time, we might be encouraging Ahaz to do that. Have you ever not asked a question because you knew you wouldn't like the answer? Uh-huh. Come on. If we expect the answer means we need to change something, we'd rather not know. We'd rather stay stuck. Patrick Johnson writes. At first, it seems that Ahaz is piously following the law of God, but as Isaiah makes clear, the king is missing the point of God's offer entirely. Ahaz does not test God if he accepts God's free offer. Rather, God is testing Ahaz. And When Ahaz refuses the sign, he's actually refusing to trust in the living God who is speaking to him. At one time, Dorothy Parker had a small dingy cubbyhole of an office in the Metropolitan Office House in New York. And as no one ever came to see her, she became depressed and lonely. And so when the sign writer came to paint her name on the office door, she got him instead to write the word, Gentleman. When Ahaz is offered a sign, he chooses to remain stuck. The northern kingdom is threatening Jerusalem, so Ahaz seeks to ally himself with the king of Assyria, ignoring the fact that Assyria is a far larger and more cruel enemy. Ahaz is like that 16-year-old boy upside down in his seatbelt, stuck in a burning car. Jump forward eight centuries. Joseph. Do you think Joseph felt stuck? Mary, the young woman to whom he was betrothed, was with child. Of the multiple legal possibilities, Joseph chooses to quietly divorce Mary. Had he asked for a sign about how to handle this complication Regardless, God gave him a sign. As a messenger appears in a dream to Joseph, says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. In light of new information, Joseph changes course. Unlike King Ahaz, when Joseph is offered a sign, he trusts it. Tim Hansel tells the story of the day that he and his son Zach were out in the country. They were climbing around in some cliffs, and he heard a voice above him yell, Hey, Dad, catch me! And he turned around to see his son, Zach, joyfully jumping off a rock straight at him. He had jumped first and then yelled, hey, dad. And so he said he became, became like an instant circus act that he did catch him. They both fell to the ground. And then for a moment after he caught him, he could hardly talk. When he found his voice again, he gasped, Zach, can you give me one good reason why you did that? And Zach responded with remarkable calmness. He said, Sure, because you're my dad. His whole assurance was based in the fact that his father was trustworthy. He could live life to the hilt because his father could be trusted. Can we profess such trust in God? There are innumerable questions of this season. Some are surface questions like, what should I get for fill-in-the-blank? Or, when and with whom will I celebrate Christmas? The scriptures beg us to go deeper, to ask questions like, What difference does it make in my life that Jesus was born? In the time of Isaiah, they knew they needed a Savior. Do we? Do we know or do we believe that we need a Savior? And if so, what does that mean for the way I will live my life each day? Daniel Harris says that once we start asking the real questions about our lives, we enter risky territory. The right questions will usually demand that we change. On a radio talk show, a recovering drug addict told the story about the day he began his road to recovery. He had locked himself in a hotel room to take care of his $600 a day drug habit, as usual. This time, he finally realized that whenever he turned to chemicals to achieve a sense of happiness, he went off to be alone. He isolated himself from others. And this is an image of what sin looks like in our lives. Sin is the choice to minister to ourselves rather than letting the Savior minister to us. And often we preclude that divine help by removing ourselves from community. Some people choose to minister to themselves through chemical dependency, others through acquiring money, shopping, gambling, addiction to work, or simply going it alone. The Christmas season invites us to ask whether we have managed to save ourselves in any of these ways. Has it worked? And that's a risky question. Can we then trust Jesus to fulfill that emptiness that we know is within us? Today, Chris and April have brought Jamie before us to dedicate him to Jesus. By doing so, they confess to us that they do not wish to raise their son in isolation. They recognize that Jesus and the community that he created, the church, offer a meaningful way of life, even as this includes uncertainty and doubts and questions. Ahaz would have been a better king if he had been less arrogant about going his own way and asked God for a few things. Joseph was presented with questions about how to face surprising challenges in his life. And the gospel writers record for us too that later even Jesus had doubts and questions. The prophetic promise from Isaiah, the angelic promise, promise from Matthew are not that God will answer all of our questions with a sign. The promise is Emmanuel, God with us. The promise is that God will be with us and that will be enough. Let's pray together. Guide us, O God, as we seek to offer our lives to you. We thank you for Christ, for what he has done for us, and for the way that he is Emmanuel. You are with us through him and through his spirit, and we invite that guidance into our lives this day as we pray in his name. Amen.